Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. In this episode, James Blanton came on just a few days after he was the assist at Dead Cow Gully when he went for 41 hours. We talked all about his race at Dead Cow Gully and a little bit more about his running life in general too. Hope you enjoy it. Here you go. Okay, James, thanks for coming on. Not a problem, mate. Uh, thanks for having me. It's really good. Yeah, no worries. So um, well done on the assist at Dead Cow Gully on the weekend. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, incredible weekend for me, uh, how it unfolded. So um, I had thought I could get there, but i not sure even I believed myself when it, when it happened. So, yeah, it was pretty incredible weekend. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw the video of the presentation at the end and Tim asked, um, how, did, how did you, how you improved from 30 to 41 yeah. this year? Yeah. And yes. basically, you said that the mindset was what you'd been working on most. Yes. So how did you work on the mindset? So last year, um, Dead Cow was a sort of revival for me. I, I was struggling with injury um, late in the previous year, and I was struggling with my relationship with running, to be honest. Uh, it was really painful all the time, and, you know, you just start to wonder, well, what's the point of it? And um, Dead Cow sort of gave me an opportunity to run um, really slow volume in my training and just get back into it that way. So, and then I thought, you know, it's a perfect race to come back into if you're slightly injured because you just stop when you want to. Yeah. Um, and by the time that we got to the to Dead Cow last year, I had done a lot of volume. Like I was doing big weeks, 150s, 160K, um, putting them back to back and – I still, in my mind, thought I'm an imposter here. I don't belong here. I'm not never going to get anywhere near the end. And um, I got to 30, and I did that with um, Sean Lyons and Pete, um, who who ran this year as well. Sean got to 36. Um, Pete got to I think 20, 26. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we sort of made a decision together at that time to about about loop twenty seven. We thought, oh, uh, we'll we'll finish at thirty. And by the time I got to thirty and finished, um, I was fine. And I just wrestled with that decision for the next, you know, six months. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you stop? Yeah. Um, and and I think it was because you know I didn't even believe in myself to be there to be honest to, oh. to get that done. So. It was a pretty easy shift to improve on that mindset um, this time around. Um, I'd had a pretty good lead in. I've had a, a really good year of racing and, and training. And um, I, having done Dead Cow last year, it was my first back out ultra. And this, this one was only my second. Mm. Um, I've learned so much. Like I knew we, we, we improved 100% on processes, uh, logistics, nutrition, um, and then, yeah, I was just able to do a lot of visualization about how things were going to pan out and how I was going to react to things if they didn't pan out or when they don't pan out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you were doing like close to 160Ks last year leading into Dead Cow Gully. Was that to prepare for Dead Cow Gully or was that just because you wanted to run? that much you thought at that time that was what you needed to do to do well yeah i think so because i, I wasn't able to run fast because i my hips were really sore i had some abdominal stuff going on yeah. so any tempo sessions or faster stuff just hurt too much and and i couldn't 
I couldn't recover from them. Right. So I would just go out and run slow. And then I thought, well, th- that's a perfect lead up to a backyard. Mm. You know, you don't you don't need speed. You do, you you just need to be relentless. Yeah. Um, and you know, I still do speed work. I love speed work, and I and I still do it now. But um, yeah, I just thought it was a good entry back into running when I was kind of struggling with the whole thing anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, my my lead into this year, I did Tarawera 100 miler in February. Yeah. And I'd say it's about a seven-week turnaround. And if you look at my Strava, it's a, it's so low mileage. I w- I did a seven-week slow build. Um, I think my up to about a one twenty k week, and that was it. Then I had a two-week taper. Yeah. And um, I had laid in some cycling stuff over that, so I layer in about four or five hours on the bike on the indoor trainer a week. And yeah. That's been super helpful. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't see high mileage from me before this one. Um, but it was a lot of, I knew what was coming. I knew what to expect and I, I knew how I was going to deal with things. Yeah. At what stage of the race this year did the mind really start coming into play? Um, I, I think from before the start, you've got to be, you know, really on top of things. Um, I had a really good lead in. We set up well. We I slept really well the night before. Um, but really, when it started to bite for me first, like I would use my first hundred k in in on Saturday was probably my best ever in terms of <clears throat> not having a not having a down point. Um, I, I usually have some sort of real low in the first hundred k of any race, and it's usually it can be quite early. Like I can be struggling thirty to forty. Five, um, really hurting, really low, and um, I was running through the day, just going, "Wow, I, I'm having a great first hundred here. Like this could be really something special." Yeah. Um, and I would say I really started to struggle straight after a hundred. So we're talking lap fifteen, sixteen, yeah, and into about twenty. I think I struggled for like forty k, and and it was into the night. So, um. Honestly, everyone struggled in the night. I don't think it, it was a tough night out there. It was really freezing cold. Mm. Um, and I think due to how hot it was in the day, all of us were struggling. And we went in with, obviously, it was a huge number of runners to start this year compared to last year. Um, and you saw the huge numbers on the on the chalkboard at the start line every, every time. But during the night, you could see those numbers just dwindling so quickly and we went from a massive total to 12 left at 24 hours yeah yeah. so the night just claimed so many people and it was so hard to get out of the chair every hour into that evening because so i would come into my tent i had a thermotech jacket i put that on and i get under a blanket and i lie down and i put my feet up and we're just quickly like, okay, what do what do you want to eat? What do you want to what do you want in your I have a handheld bottle and yeah. I'm running trail brew in that. How many scoops do you want of that? Do you just want water? Like little things like that, just straight in, get get settled, and then the light goes off and I and I close my eyes. Yeah. And um when you get up, like when that whistle goes, I have to take that jacket off and everything underneath there is wet, like it's sweaty. So the the Cold is just immense. And <laughs> I, I, what I would actually do is keep the jacket on and as I was running off, just hand it to my crew. Yeah. 
Right. So it was on like until I started running again. Yeah. Uh, and by that stage, you know, every start starting to hurt again and you're running into that first K, it was like a headwind. And the, and the cold against the sweaty part was just that, that first K of every night loop was so tough. Right. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. So that's when you really have to focus on, you know, you have to have things to say to yourself. You have to get through those moments. And, and yeah, I, I know I got to, we got to 6 a.m., 7 a.m., the, the 24 mile, uh, sorry, 24 hour, 100 mile mark. And there was 12 of us left. And I was thinking, man, this is going to be a tough 12 guys here. The, the the guys that get through that night they're they're all tough yeah so and that was pretty much right because we we went from 12 at 24 and then we had six left at 36 yeah yeah so those 12 were were yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah they were sticking around for a while that's for sure yeah 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 if <laughs> you got through that night and that was always the the mental thing for me is to stay in the moment like don't start thinking too far ahead if, if it's midnight don't start thinking about sunrise yet it's too far yeah. and as you're getting more tired and sore and everything's compounding on top of you if you're thinking way too far ahead it's too much like you can't think five hours I, there's so many times where i i would catch myself then i'd be like no you're thinking too far ahead come back all you got all you got to do is get out of the chair all you got to do is get the first k done get to that third K and there's water there, like do whatever, like there's little bit, get to the gully and you just keep playing those little pieces um, rather than, oh, how the hell am I going to make sunrise and it's, and it's midnight? Yeah. So you're just not going to be able to think that far ahead and, and get there. You're, you're sort of snookering yourself just from playing playing the mind game with yourself. <laughs> and so my, my thing was get to three o'clock, three o'clock's halfway, and then I know there's first light around five. So I've got two more two more hours of dark. Then you get to first light. Imagine how good's that going to feel. And then you get the sunrise on the next loop, and the sunrise is magical. Yeah. And then you, and then an hour later, it's hot again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it definitely yeah. looks hot. Like um, a massive difference between day and night. Huge difference, and I think that's what claim people. And we all got you know, so the guys with fair skin all got sunburnt, and and uh, I struggle in the heat. So I th I think I really managed the hot day on Saturday very well. I, I was back into the tent. I had big you know the um, <clears throat> bags of ice. Yeah. Uh, from the petrol station, I would have one of those just on my knees or on my quads or on my shins. I have ice down on my back or the back of my neck. Um. So, you know, I'm almost like it's it's almost like I'm, I'm in the corner at a boxing match every after every round. Yeah. Um so yeah, trying to manage that 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 heat. And um I try to take the days a little bit slower and then the nights a little bit faster on the loops. Um just yeah, depend if it's gonna be hot in the day, I'll take that I take those loops a little bit slower. Yeah. Did you set yourself any like non-negotiable rules to yourself? Like I mean, one a lot of people said is like not to finish in the chair, for example. Did you have any rules like that that you set? Yeah. Yeah. So last year we finished the 30th loop and didn't even start the next one. Mm. And that was a definite no-no. You have to start the next lap because, like, if no one else comes back to the corral, you step over the line, you're the winner. You just finished that last lap. So, you know, um, in the extreme case, that could happen. Yeah. So always get up and 
you know, never quit in the chair but and, and always start that next lap and, you know, run down a bit, see what happens and then stop. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was funny. I think Reese, when he, when he quit, he wanted to get 250K. So he started and ran like 900 metres down the track to get his 250 <laughs> and then ran back to get his 250. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, that was definitely a non-negotiable. And, and the other thing was don't. I had a target in mind, so I set myself. I wanted forty-eight. Yeah. Um, but that, I just wanted to make two days and get to that seven a.m. on Monday. Mm. Um, so that was my sort of you know shoot for the moon goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say that the non-negotiable as well was don't think too far ahead. Just play the lap you're on. Um, get around that and then deal with what what's up next. Don't don't start thinking ahead because it's too much and. Yeah, I, I think one lesson I learned, you know, big time from the first one was um, was just that, you know, it's, it's uh, stay in the moment. Mm. Yeah. The And what got you in the end, I understand, is like your ankle. So, yeah. So what stage of the race or what happened to it and when did it happen? Well, there was a picture of me at lap 30 and I had the big bag of ice down on my ankle. Yeah. So it was, um, it felt like a tendon going in the front of my front top of the ankle, um, just the base of the shin. So as my foot was flexing on any incline, yeah. I was getting this pain right at the base of the ankle and um, it, it really didn't feel good. Um, and I think it just kept building and building. And then at, at a, after we were left, after I was just left with Ryan, we were actually putting ice, like pieces of ice down my sock. Right. And my my crew, um, Kitty, who's my partner, she pushed a, a piece of ice right onto this lump. Yeah. And it just hurt so bad. And, yeah, I, I kind of, because she's so tired and, and not thinking, I, 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 and I was just thinking, am I actually doing damage here? I, I don't know what's going on. And yeah, actually, after I finished, by the time we got the sock off, there, like, there was lumps. So you could see a lump under the sock. And yeah. when I got it off, there was this band of swelling um, around the, the base of the, the ankle. So, um, but looking back on it now, the, the how, how could I have got around that for another couple, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I, yeah. So it was just, you didn't twist it or anything? It was just like from using it so much, do you think it just it was just one of those things? Yeah, this is another thing of testing out you know, how can you train for this? How can you know what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, I've never run that far before. Uh, is it overuse? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just, yeah, pounded for too long. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess it was getting to the point of so much swelling and so much pain. Um, I just couldn't really see the end. And this is probably where that I'm talking about the mindset stuff played against me because once I got left with Ryan, um, I was sort of thinking, oh, I'll try and get him to 44 so he can take off on that 45 and I'll stop and he can, he can at least get the record. Yeah. And um, but the problem was we were only on lap 40 and that was thinking too far ahead. And then I, I was like, my ankle's hurting too much to get that to get there. I can't get that far. Yeah. And, um, and it was funny because I was standing in the corral and I was telling Tim, that my ankle was gone and he's like 
we've got a team here. Do you want us to strap it? But I'd just come in off a 53-minute loop, which is the last one I did. <laughs> and I was like, how, we don't, I, I didn't even ask him, but I just, my mind was just too mushy. I was like, how, how are we going to have time to do that? How are you going to strap a really swollen ankle? It's going to kill me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was, yeah. I, I, I'm looking back on it now and still thinking, oh, you know, you could have just gone around again and then strapped it and then seen what happened. And, the funny thing was I took off on that last loop, which 41, which is the one I completed. And the first two Ks I did in like eight thirties right. because running on it was just so painful. So I was walking a lot and then I still made it around the loop in 53. Yeah. And I actually made it under 53, it's 52, 40 or something. And, and I don't know, in my mindset, I thought, no, it's, it's, it's over. It's too slow, but I feel like there's a lot of room still left there to, to go slower. Yeah. So um, it's a big learning for me about what what I need to do next time because um, my slowest lap on the whole thing was the second lap in fifty three. Right. Yeah. So um, and my fastest was forty one, and I averaged around that forty six, forty seven, and I was very consistent. So I wasn't slowing down near the end until yeah. that last one. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things as well where I think I'm not a very good stop and start runner. I really cool. <laughs> like I find it so hard to get going again, and the pain to get going is immense. It's like it feels like you've run fifty k the day before, and you you know you get up the next morning for a backup run, and you know that first k or two is horrendous. Yeah. Um, it's like that every hour, and um, I, I felt like God, I, I should almost not sit down, and and almost and almost keep moving a bit. So I got a lot to think about on that, about how I, how I get through stuff like that. But yeah, you, you've got to you've just got to go through these experiences and. Um, and and learn from it, everyone, and yeah, I'll learn it, from this one for sure. Yeah, and were you like keeping a poker face to hide that you were in pain? Like, were you trying to hide it from the other runners? Um, just like a psychological type. No, of yeah, I don't think anyone knew I was struggling. Um, yeah, I, I um, I think there were loop loop thirty seven, maybe um thing came down the road and interviewed us and I, I actually came in first on that one and uh, yeah, I was fine. And yeah. I think Barry and Adam were looking at me and Ryan going, mm. because they were clearly struggling. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I was watching that. Yeah. yeah. And and to be honest, like Barry had been pretty, pretty upfront with us all day. <laughs> he said he'd struggled through the night. He got really tired through the night. Um, I think he surprised himself by getting through that whole day. Right. Um, yeah, he was he was gone for all money. He reckoned at twenty, yeah. um, and I could sympathise with him because I felt the same through the night, and I I felt really tired in the night as well. I was just like, not get out of this chair. I'm so tired, and um, somehow I managed to, yeah, just maintain and keep consistent through the day. And I think I was looking pretty good. Um, Coming into those last few laps, it was just the pain got yeah. to me. But yeah, um, I I think that's another thing that yeah, it's interesting. Ryan's so good at that. And last year when he was, you know, he pulled out at thirty four or something because he had that medical issue, and you would never have known he was struggling from thirty to thirty four. Yeah, he's rock solid. So and that was another thing that, that it then turned on me. It was like I was looking at him going, God, he's well, he's going to go, well, 
70, 80, like what am I going to do here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Do you think it would, if, it, if it was another runner who like who, like who hadn't run, done a backyard or before who had had hadn't had the um, records that Ryan had? Do you reckon you could would have gone a little bit further or one hundred percent? Yeah. Yes. Yes. If I'd have sniffed any weakness, I would have kept. I would have kept going. Yeah. Um, we we were we were good. Like I we started on lap thirty nine, and Barry and Adam turned around. Barry told us he was going to. Um, we didn't know Adam had, so I I got about a two k down. I'm oh, not not into the gully, really a k down. I turned around and there was no light behind me. Mm. Uh, oh, okay, maybe it's just me and Ryan now. Yeah. And um, funnily enough, I've never met Ryan, so we never talked. Even on the day of the meeting, we never talked. He's always way ahead. Yeah. And um, I came up behind him in that back. There's a back pad. You, you go through the gully, which is gully's like 2K in. You get through the gully um, and then up into this back corner paddock. It's grass cut track. And I came up behind him and he turned around. And he's like, who's that? And I had to introduce myself. <laughs> that I'm James. Um, we're, we're, it's just me and you now. And uh, he's like, James who? <laughs> so but then, like, we follow each other on Strava. I'm James Blanton. And he, right. knew, he knew my name. So, um, and then we started talking. We talked and we ran and talked the whole way in. And then we ran the next loop, loop together. Yeah. And um, and then after that loop, I said to him at the start of the next one, mate, my ankle's really bad. I'm going to have to just take this on my own pace. And he's like, that's fine. If you don't mind, I'm going to go and do this on another quick one because I want to. He was doing about 47s. Mm. And he said, yeah, I want to go. And just get some more rest at the end. I'm like, fine. And yeah, he went off and I went off on my pace. But yeah, yeah I think to answer your question, I would have definitely, if I'd sensed anything, um, I would have I would have hung around. And and that's that's what I could see when we were down to the to the final four. Um Adam really started to struggle. Um, I think it had just yeah, it, it it looked like mentally and just physically tired. He wasn't really um with it and yeah barry had just pushed so long all day um and and i think ryan and i looked a lot stronger so it was just yeah on that um video of you guys running in adam definitely didn't look keen to do another night that's for sure no he mentioned that right so he said uh he didn't mind the heat of the day but the night was um yeah, uh, to be honest, all, all of us would have been thinking that. I was thinking that. I, I was running all through the Sunday going, I cannot get through another night like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there is no way I can do it. And the funny thing was, once we got into that second night, it wasn't that cold. And I don't know whether um, if that was me because I, I'd, got, I'd got a bit of sunburn on, my, on the back of my shoulders and legs during the day, and I know Ryan had as well. Um, so I don't know my core body temp was just up a bit because right, but Ryan was coming out. He got dressed in his trackies and everything as he does, and I was still in basically what I wore in the day, and I just put my armbands on. So I was I had armbands, but that, that was it. And he's like, "Mad, like it's freezing." I was like, "No, it's not as hot tonight. It's not as cold tonight." Yeah. And once we got out of the gully, every loop, it was so warm out in that back paddock. I had to like unravel my armbands again. I was basically running in what I was running in the day. So. I felt like I'd been handed this free ticket of, ah, you don't have to go through this freezing night again. Yeah. Um, you, you've been handed a fairly m nice night to get through. Um, and I was so disappointed I couldn't take advantage of that. But, yeah, the second night, <laughs> I 
all of us would have just been, and I know everyone that left through the night, even the guys that got through to 24 hours, I know, like, I've I seen some chats going on. It was like, those guys, man, it's going to get so cold again tonight. Mm. Yeah. So, so how's the ankle now? Is it like, um, have you had it looked at or anything like that? No, I'm just letting, I'm just icing it, elevating, still, uh, the, the whole foot's a bit swollen. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go to a physio tomorrow, but I just thought I'd let the swelling come off. Yeah. Um, and see what the damage is, if there's any. And um, hopefully not too much. But I'm pretty good with recovery. I, I would take probably a week or two off anyway. Um, yeah. I'll I'll get on the back on the bike um, in a few days and, yeah, just slowly build back in and I'll do a lot of recovery work. I've got, a, you know, ice bath sauna at my gym and yeah. get some massage. And I, I like to take it pretty easy. It's a, that was a big effort. Uh so I'll pick it as a couple of yeah, weeks off. Yeah, you know like Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was the other funny thing with Ryan. He's like, oh, I've got down under one, three, five in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh man, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to push you too hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the night off. <laughs> um, I read that you were um, also hallucinating a little bit. Was that on the second night or the first night, even? Or no, I didn't hallucinate on the first night. Um. That, that was quite funny. I came back and I, the, the the cow pats out there, like the cow poo, it, it's sort of like coiled up and it has, it, it looks kind of stripy, so it looks like a snake. Yeah. And I just thought, I just thought one of them was a snake. I don't think I was that bad. I just, I just ran past with my torch and I just saw this coiled up thing with a head and yeah. I thought, Jesus, that's a snake right sitting right there. But um, it wasn't. And then when I got back and started telling someone on the start line, I, I realised I sounded quite mad. So I was like, oh. I'm not hallucinating. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I think mentally, mentally I was okay. It was, it was um, and it's always a bizarre thing, not, uh, you know, um, trying to understand how you're going to deal with the lack of sleep, especially going into the second night. But I think I've surprised myself. I'm, I'm, I think next time I'm ready to, to, to get in there and do that. Um, and, you know, maybe I, I think if we could get some milder weather, that, that might be even easier. But it seems like all the backyard ultras up in Queensland are a crazy weather. Mm. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, I'm in Victoria, so I don't really know how the weather works in Queensland. I thought it was meant to be hot day and night every day of the year. So I'm, but I mean, I don't, I'm from Victoria, so I don't know. Well, I've run, I've run the BBRT, the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail, a few times, different distances. But I ran the hundred mile last year. And that was quite a hot day. Mm. Um, so it's in June. It, it's the same weekend that the Masters is on, actually, at Red Cow. Right. And you get, you can get really, it's really cold at night, like winter nights. Yeah. And then in the day, it just gets sunny and brutally hot, like very hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, was it a bit like spooky running through the bush at night by yourself? So second night, I did start to feel that, yeah, um, out in the gully. Uh, I don't know why, only because maybe I was used to the first night with more people. And, and even though, you know, when it goes down to 30 and even less, it's pretty sparse out there. Like, you know, you look around and there might be a couple of lamps behind you and a couple ahead of you. Yeah. Um, but it's just nice to have that there. Yeah. But when it was just me and Ryan and I knew I was behind Ryan, it was... Yeah, this is pretty eerie out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's, uh, you're in the middle of nowhere. 
Yeah. And I was thinking, what what happens if I do like just fall down or stop? Like, how, how long does it take for Tim to realize and come out and get me? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it did get me eerie. <laughs> did um, did running with Ryan deep into the race give you a perspective of how good he is? I already knew how good he is. Yeah. Um. I I think we all know Ryan. You know. It's funny because he didn't know who I was, yeah. um, but I knew, you know, had, given what he's done in his profile, I knew exactly his his approach to everything, and I really like his approach. You know, it's not about outcome; um, it's about testing yourself. Um, it's about the journey, and whatever happens, as long as you can like walk away with your head up, you know, your chin up high, that you've given it your all, that you've pushed as hard as you could, and that's what it's all about. And um, there was never any hint of competitiveness when we met and started chatting it was just two blokes out there having a run yeah and um that's what i expected from him and that's what i got it was it was an awesome experience to be honest just to be left with ryan crawford at the end of a big backyard ultra like that like 195 people to start that race and um there was like 11 p.m on sunday night it was just me and him it was something i'll yeah i'll cherish that memory definitely and it drives you to go longer yeah yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and as far as pre- preparations go, you got there, the, you slept there the night before, like the Friday night you camped out there and stuff like that? So I lived down in Casuarina in New South Wales um, and I joked, it was about 300 k's to get there and I joked to um, Kitty, my partner and my crew, who I said, oh, I'll probably, I, might, I might even run further than we drove to get here. So <laughs> I nearly did. <laughs> um and we got there at about one o'clock on Friday. Um, we set up just past the finish line, and I like that. I like running through the line and running into my tent, and then I and then I walk back. Yeah. Um, we were right across the the road from Barry, so that was always good as well. Um, just being that good company, and yeah. then I we we go back to a motel that night and sleep in a motel. Yeah. So I get that last good night's sleep in a bed. Um, and I got a really good sleep. And then we got out there at about six. And to be honest, it was a lot warmer in the morning already than it, than it was the year before. So it wasn't even chilly. Um, so we knew we were going into a hot day. <laughs> and out there, it's funny because it, it the sun comes up and you've got this beautiful, like cool, but the nice heat on you from the, from the mild sun. But then an hour later, it is hot. Like it just, it's lights on. And then at the end of the day, it's lights out. The sun just goes and it's black. Yeah. And your, your headlamp's on within a second. It's just like, oh, God, God I can't see anymore. <laughs> so, um, but we did have both years, we've had beautiful moonlit nights out there. So we've had a full moon. Well, it wasn't quite, yeah, I think it just gone past the full moon this year, but uh, it was still a, a huge moon. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I guess that's one of the reasons why it got so cold is because it was so clear with no yeah. clouds in the sky to keep the heat in, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did hear later on that someone said, like, the wind just goes through you there. Yeah. And, yeah, when you're taking that jacket off and running into the headwind and it's just cutting through your wet clothes, it's just sweaty clothes. It's like, oh, man, this is horrendous. It's um, really tough. <laughs> um, so, so you obviously did it last year and this year. So were there any changes to the pace you were running the loops last year compared to this year or 
any way you strategized running loops this year? Uh, not well. Yeah, I think I think I was a lot better this year, just in terms of dealing with it. Mm. Probably fitness wise, um, I'm probably in better shape for sure. So, um, uh, yeah, I've, I've been looking back through Strava at my at my loops and to have that fastest one at 41 and the slowest only 53 and, and averaging in that 47 mark, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I was really consistent right to the end. Mm. So I'm happy with that. I think there's a, there, you can get in too early and I see a lot of, it, the trouble is like you start with 195, right? And there's a lot of people run out pretty quick. Um, and I think you've really got to temper that. I think you can get in if you're getting in at thirty eight, thirty nine. It's too much break. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and and especially at night. Yeah. Well, you want to try and get your sleep, but you can also be sitting there too long. So yeah. I think there's an optimum time to sit there, um, which I believe for me is around that forty six, forty seven. Get in and yeah, and don't muck around either. Like get in if you're going to put a jacket on, do that. Get the blanket on, whatever you need to do. Just get in the chair, get your feet up and get the food that you need in and then shut down mm. like if you're just wasting time talking or uh, that was another thing that i had for myself was don't sort of sit down and then go through everything that's going wrong or everything that's bad about the conditions or all oh, this hurts or that hurts just shut up mm. you know there's no point sitting down and going oh it's cold out there and i don't you know <laughs> And I'm tired, and that, then that all starts to compound on you. Yeah. So I had a very, I was very quiet compared to the year before. I think to my to my crew, um, and and poor Kitty, she's she's uh, out there by herself as well. So she had half an hour sleep in 41 hours. <laughs> um, and <laughs> she had some caffeine on the Saturday night, and that kept her up. And she only got like half an hour early in the morning. Yeah. Um. So very tough for her, but she did such a good job. And I think, yeah, if you can have multiple crew, it would probably help. Yeah. Um, but they need to know you well. And, it, it, yeah, I think, yeah, some of the some of the guys out there had two or three in the crew, and I think that helps, even just for the doing a shift now and then. Yeah. Um, so it's such a – there's so many facets to this, mm. and there's more people get in and do it. They'll, they'll realise what – what needs to happen and, and we're all going to get just better and better. Mm. Um, but even out of this one, you know, we take a lot of learnings and get better for, for the next time. Did you go in with a sleep strategy? So I heard a podcast with Phil Gore and he was, he said he'll go faster at night and try and grab like 15 minutes sleep. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'd actually heard that he he has he had a hypnotist in his career or, or someone that sort of hypnotizes him and he goes to sleep. So, but he was saying that he could get two or three hours in that in a night. Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, if you can grab that, my strategy was to sort of emulate that as much as I could in that go a bit faster at night, get it, get back and just turn the lights off and shut down. And even if you don't sleep, if you're just in that state of lying back. Um, close the eyes. I have little meditations for sleep that I listen to, or I just listen to a low frequency music. So I would put that on in my headphones and just lie back, and that would be like ten minutes of that. And even if you don't really sleep, you're getting something there. 
Yeah. Um, but it's the difference of doing that than sitting there talking or talking or, or even looking at your phone or doing something like that. It's, it all takes energy. So you've got to be very particular with where you spend your energy. And, um, yeah, I think I did that pretty well. I was getting in. We were just doing what we needed to do. I was getting, I was making sure I was warm, and then we just flicked the light off and it was in the dark. Yeah. When you were running the faster loops, was that because you wanted to try and sleep when you got back in? Sure. Can be, yeah. Yeah, I just want more time in this loop. So let's just push it out a bit, a bit harder. Yeah, yeah. 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 But sometimes you're just feeling good out there and in a loop, you'll just do it faster. Yeah. Because you're you're in a cycle of eating food and then going to a gel and then maybe some caffeine and then when you have caffeine or I, I had four red bulls as well over the course and I had, I had a little bit of coke and I think after half a can of red bull I would feel quite good and I'd just have a good loop and <laughs> just go with it yeah. um so yeah you, you're in like I would have for for actual food I was drinking I was eating a lot of watermelon in the day so we had like a, a I had like a spaghetti esky filled with ice everything was cold and I had cold watermelon bits and I that that was that was huge through the hot days both days um we had potato fritters already made up and I would just snack on that a little bit um zucchini bacon slices which were like so so nice and just soft you know it's a soft egg and a little bit of protein like I think you'd have a bit of protein through that such a long effort yeah um I think for dinner I had like pot and a little pot of noodles uh, for, for breakfast, I had we actually we made pancakes and I doused them in maple syrup. So and there's those little things to look forward to that you you know you get to seven o'clock I'll have I'm having pancakes you know so <laughs> yeah, getting 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 quicker for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talking about Phil, like everyone knows how intricately he plans his races, like he'll have. Yeah. Loop by loop. Did you have something similar? Like, did you plan that intricately? No, I'm not like that. I'm not like that. I, I can't plan that intricately. I just go with the flow. Um, I have high level things I need to hit. And once I'm hitting those, then um, I like to run to feel. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, I, yeah putting putting a plan in place is kind of worthwhile i think just but it's that old saying of like mike tyson you get your plan but it's all goes to shoot when you get punched in the face <laughs> so you know you're always going to get punched in the face in ultras every ultra there's no matter what it's never going to go to plan so have some strategy but then the, the guys that are the most flexible is are the guys that are going to get through yeah, you have to you have to let nothing phase you. you. You just don't worry about the conditions around you, and enjoy the unfolding of your day. And I think I'm putting in place pretty good philosophies around how I approach these. Mm. But I would never have a list of times for each loop because it does not make sense to me. Yeah, to do that, it, like what happens? Yeah, well, if it, you know, condition rains or you know you're not feeling good, you start getting sick. Like it's all it all changes. So. I, I, it's that whole thing of expectation in a race as well. You know, you, you want a time and then halfway you're like an hour off that time and then you just don't enjoy the, the rest of the race because you've, you've missed your target. And 
I, I think that's such a big part of uh, adapting to running ultras is, is just enjoy the journey, enjoy the unfolding and don't worry about the outcome. You're there just to experience the journey. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the um, other, spect other spectrum as far as running goes, you mentioned that you used to run at the stall gift. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 110 so, metres. So how long ago was that? So I grew up, I, as a schoolboy, I was a 100 and 200 metre runner. Yeah. Um, you would never get me to run more than 200 metres. Yeah. Um, I used to look at the 800 metres and 1500 metre guys as like a different species. We weren't the same kind of human. Yeah. Um, and then I graduated to um, 400s when I was early 20s. Yeah. And I ended up with a PB in the four of about 48, 48.02. Yeah. Um, and then I started to go to longer road stuff. So I started to do five, 10 Ks. Um, but in that time of being a 400 meter runner in my early 20s, I was going down to the stall gift. So I started running professional. Uh -huh. um, I was I was a beach sprinter at North Stain Surf Club. Um, so I went to a few nationals up at Karawa. Um, but yeah, I went to the stall gift three times. Never made the Monday, the Easter Monday, so the final. But I, yeah, my first year was probably my most successful. I, I made the repercharge round and I ran about, uh, I think I had a three and a half meter handicap and I ran about 12, 12 four or something. So it was, yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good effort. But because I, I showed my hand in that first one, I kind of got punished. And yeah. one, one, one year I went down there and I broke and you lose a meter straight away. Um, and that was painful. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the reason I mentioned stall was because I felt like, I feel like it, it has so much tradition and it's just such a great experience. And yeah, it's steeped in history. Yeah. And it, it's got, there's really cool little things that, that sort of happen out there. And I just think DCG is kind of like that. It, it's going to be a cult classic. There's going to be the, like Tim's putting in place all these little traditions that will grow over time and the, the history is going to be really rich. And I think, and it's, it's just funny. It's over the same weekend and yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great event. You stay Kalgoorlie. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you've been running pretty much your whole life then, have you? Yeah. So um, hundred meters to a hundred miles basically <laughs> and everything in between. Yeah. <laughs> Has there ever been like have you ever like been through a time in your life where you walked away from running and I don't know did something else and came back to it or just every pretty much every time is a transition. Um, yeah, I ran really well at school. Still yeah. got school records at school. I think a hundred and two hundred. Uh, yeah. um, and then I went away from it mainly at uni, which I probably shouldn't have. But it sounds like you just want a normal life and. Um, yeah, I, I, I've had times away from it for sure. Yeah. Um, when I went back to the 400, um, I then got shin splints and that sent me away. Then I went into the gym and put on 20 kilos. Yeah. Like I was basically bodybuilding a bit. <laughs> and, then, and then I've come back off that and, yeah, ended up – it's funny, I sort of was running fives and tens on the road. I was running like the uh, Sydney – what's it called? Sydney's the Sydney 10K series right. um, and sort of loving that. Um, and then I found that there was this whole like trail running thing and I grew up 
in St. Ives in Sydney and right next to Karingai National Park. And it was like, basically, you're telling me I can go and be a kid again and run around the bush, but it's a race. <laughs> and <laughs> and also, like, when you're running a four-minute K in the bush, it feels fast. Like, I mean, you're sprinting, things are coming at you, trees are flying past you, you're making quick decisions about where you're putting your feet. Oh, like, this is so fun. Yeah. And it's racing. Like, the, I, I, was, I was hooked. So my first ultra was... I, I'd never run a trail more than 20K race, I think. Might have been a bobbin head Sydney trail series. Yeah. And then um, my first ultra was the Anzac Day Challenge in 2015, um, which was 155 laps of Sinai Showground. Wow. The 155 times 650-metre loop. Yeah. And um, a friend of mine turned up and she said, God, you look like it was just the lunchtime at the prison. It was just like <laughs> people shuffling around her. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in the prison yard so that was my entry into into um ultras so it was probably a precursor to running loops yeah <laughs> have you um have you ever looked back like are you still running some shorter stuff or rent or marathons or anything like that um yeah so look i'm still i still love running fast um you know i'm still my speed works good um, I'm still in the sort of 1645k pace range. Yeah. Um, I I'll run, I'll go and run park runs. Um, I'll go and run shorter trails. I like that 15k trail race sort of stuff, which is good around the Gold Coast. Plenty of them on offer. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do speed work. And funnily enough, back in um, was it November last year, um, the Pan Packs were on in the Gold Coast. Yeah. So I ran an 800 on the track and then backed it up with a 100. Right. Um, but then I hurt my right glute in that, so that wasn't such a good idea, the 100. <laughs> <laughs> but I ran the 800 in about 220. Um, and funnily enough, that's my first ever 800 metre. Wow. Yeah. At, at uh, 44 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the week after that, I did a four. There was still pan packs. So I did a four k cross country and then a ten k trail race the next day. So yeah, um, that's a really good event if people want to get into that. I see you go back or you go and race in New Zealand most years. So like, do you have yeah. um, do you have roots in New Zealand? I feel like I do. I don't, but I am absolutely tied to that land. I I love it. I I love Tarawera. Um, it is a beautiful place. There's so much spirit in that land and I will go back there another. I've been there six times. Yeah. Um, went this year. We had the last two years off. Um, one was cancelled and one only the Kiwis could run. Mm. Um, so we were back this year and I did the, sec the second time I did the miler. And just because of the weather, they did a adjusted course, which meant we ran the 50K course twice right. um, plus, plus some more. Yeah. Uh, so it was nice to see the 50k course, but it was certainly a very, very tough um, ask to go around again on that second loop. Mm. You know, I thought, yeah, backyard ultras were hard, but that was very tough. We were at 103k and sent come back into the finish area and then go back out for exactly the same loop. <laughs> um, and again, it was a hot, hot afternoon there. I don't know why we get this heat, but it was very hot today there, and I was suffering. So um, I actually, yeah, funnily enough, took a a dip in one of the rivers there because i was just overheating so bad right yeah i managed to 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say you did really well in that race. You came up in 36th or something? Yeah, I managed to crack 20 hours, which was good. Yeah. Um, I felt like I had a really tough day. So over there, um, just with the time difference and then the start of the race, um, we you're getting up at 1 a.m. New Zealand time, which for us is 11 p.m. on your body clock. Yeah. And oh, it was one of the worst night's sleep I've ever had before an ultra. Well, I was getting into bed at 9. I don't, and I'd just eaten. So when I woke up, I felt like I was full from dinner still. It's the middle of the night. We had to go and get a bus out to the start line, which was an hour trip in the bus. And then they sat us there, and one of the buses was late. So start, we were literally sitting at the start for like more than 60, 70 minutes. Oh, man. In there. Yeah, so I was <laughs> done before we started. <laughs> um, and then I had stomach issues for the whole of the, the first part of it. So um, I felt like it was a really, really tough day. And when I when I say like I got through that first hundred k of dead cow relatively unscathed, um, I I had the sorest legs after forty k in that miler. Yeah. Um. So I was very happy to sub twenty in the end, only just, but I got there. And um, yeah, thirty six was good. But I tell you what, like in the two in twenty twenty, I did it and I came twelfth. Right. Um. And. It just goes to show, like, the more there's more people doing milers, and it was a cracking field. Yeah. Some really quality runners, and everyone was running so well. Zach Miller won it, didn't he? Well, he won. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nick Banford came third. Oh, yeah. yeah. He ran past me coming out of the first sort of loop that we did, and so we hit that rank back past us, and I've never seen someone look so fresh as a daisy. Really? And, uh, yeah, he was looking so good. Um, he was good. So, yeah. He's only been running for about three years. Yeah, and in 2020, he he was only about 40 minutes ahead of me in the in the 100 miler there. So I don't think he had a very good day, but, yeah, it's like, geez, improved. he's like, he's elite. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. He's, um, he's running at the Coburg 24 this weekend, and I know he's... Yeah, <clears throat> He's going to try and break the British world record. Yeah, the British record, I mean, like 278, I think, is the is his goal. So oh, <laughs> mate, his Strava's looking good. Uh, I can tell yeah. you that. He's yeah. looking really good. He's doing all the right prep. So, yeah, the, he's, uh, uh, he's beast. Yeah. Um, and I noticed, and you mentioned it earlier, that on, on Strava um, you have increased your cycling as well. So yeah. Is that so, just... Yeah, what is that to avoid injury because you like it or just to keep fit or Yeah, it's a it's a bit of everything. So I'm I joined I, I bought a gravel bike and it was a bit of a okay, yeah, well, while I was injured I'll I'll buy a bike and get on that. And then I found Swift. Yeah. Um and as I said, I probably I probably added lay it over like four to six hours a week on the bike. Mm. Um it's probably a hundred to hundred and fifty kilometers of cycling a week. Um and I absolutely love it. So it, it's been so good for summer. I've got a really little room with an air conditioner so and fans. So in summer, I can just be inside, train, um, not, not have the, the problems of the heat affect me. Um, and I've joined a team called Sisu Racing. Oh, cool. Um, so Sisu is a Finnish philosophy of um, the lifestyle and I think the, the hardness of being tough. Um, so, uh, we've got this amazing 
but I've got Israeli guys in my team, Americans, Aussies, and we all get together on a Tuesday at, let's say, 5 o'clock, and we race either a team time trial or crit races or something like that. And these, these 30 or 50-minute races are honestly the toughest thing I do all week. I fall off that bike and just I'm lying on the ground and I'm just dead. Yeah. So the philosophy for me is of mixing the cycling in is, okay, take some load off the legs running-wise, um, add in a few hours of zone one and two on the bike, so it's just low heart rate cruising. Um, they do really good tempo threshold VO2 max sessions within Zwift that you can just access. Um so it's all set for you. You just you just got to sit on the bike and go as hard as, and just do what it tells you. Um, the erg does the rest for you in terms of how much pressure it's giving you. Um, it keeps me mentally fresh, I think, as well, just yeah. doing something different. And um, I like the idea of the brick sessions as well. So, you know, getting the bike in and then running on tired legs. Yeah. I think it's – I found with ultras is how do you replicate running on tired legs because that's, that's where the real – stuff starts to happen, you know, 70Ks into 100 or, you know, 120Ks into a miler. You can't really get yourself there in training, but I think you can replicate it slightly with having a session on a bike and then running. Yeah. And um, I see so many triathletes coming across the trail running and killing it. Yeah. Um, I've got to try it. So I think it's working. I think it's working. Um, and it, and it, and I love it. So it's just easy to layer in. Um, so, you know, I could have a 70 or 80K week of running, but I've still had that extra four hours, five hours that I could have spent running and got to 120, but I've had that, you know, different kind of layering in of the cycling training, which I think is it's good. Yeah, yeah I've noticed there are a, a, a few really good backyard ultra runners who you, like, incorporate a lot of cycling. So... <clears throat> Definitely looks like a good idea. Mate, honestly, cycling is so tough. <laughs> it is brutal. And some of these races, I'll be 10 minutes into it and I'm absolutely blowing up. Like I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to make this. And you're trying to hold on to the peloton. There's even drafting in it. So if you if you stick with the peloton, you're fine. If you if you lose it and drop off out of the draft, you may as well just switch off. You're gone. Like you, you, you just flailing behind them on your own and um so you've got to just mentally stay in the game and push and push and push and i think that that has really helped me in my running yeah um mm. you mentioned a little while ago you had stomach issues at that um at tuawera recently yeah um is that do you how do you normally deal with stomach issues do you get it a lot or was it something like was that an unusual occurrence no i'm pretty good usually so I'll, I'll be very careful on what i eat the night before um i won't eat too much but i think just the way the timing that we ate dinner at uh, the night before tarawera and then being up at one o'clock yeah and i woke up and none of my food had digested and yeah i'd, I'd eaten too much and i'd eaten it too late yeah, and then I struggled with kind of, I guess, uh, just feeling too full mm. and wind, you know, just just feeling, yeah, too full. So um, that's the first time, that's the first race I've ever had to use a portaloos, and I had to use them like twice. So <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never even 
did it like never been in my mind to go on a race but yeah i had to sort that out twice that year. but again like you know you can't worry about it too much you just gotta you just gotta keep just do what you can make sure you're getting hydration in and it wasn't like i was spewing or not being able to hold food down i've never had that before so um that will be interesting when that happens for the first time but um yeah uh, i'm sure i'll get through that somehow when it does but yeah it, it just makes it not enjoyable yeah mm. and um do you do martial arts as well you're wearing a martial arts t-shirt so um yeah i i've i had a very good mate who left the corporate world and started his own gym and he's always been very into martial arts and i did a few years with him down in sydney before i came to the gold coast and then when i came to the gold coast i did some kickboxing in miami um i don't do that now but i think it's still a still some of the philosophy and training rubs off on me yeah um when i got to the gold coast i actually did a yoga training like a teacher trainer course for a year um and very intensive was ashtanga was three times a week training um actual sessions and then some workshops on sunday and what's that what that's left me with is definitely some some mindset stuff but also i have a very good ability to stretch like i I think a lot of especially males in running don't stretch enough and don't stretch properly um i can i don't go to yoga class anymore but i can get on my mat and i could easily spend an hour an hour and a half just flowing through positions and I kind of just go from one thing to the next, depending on what my body's telling me. So, yeah, the whole week's leading into dead cow, I'd be up early and just lie on my yoga mat and roll around and just, you know, I might sit in a stretch for four or five minutes if it feels that that's what it needs. Um, and then I'll just flow through to the next thing. And my, I'm not, I don't even think about it too much. It's just one thing to the next, to what it needs at next and what, what feels good and, um, I honestly think that if you could stretch for every hour, stretch for an hour for every hour that you run, yeah, probably about right. Um, yeah, so I, I think that really helped me through the race because maybe that really contributed to that first easy hundred k. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so what's next? So I will consider BBRT. Yeah. Um, I did the miler there last year and I was disappointed with it. <laughs> um, I, I ran about 18 and a half. So I'd love to go back and better that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's flat, but it's hard. You know, as I said, it's cold in the morning and hot in the day and then drop down again at night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I, I was actually considering the 200 miler. Um, I'm undecided right now. So, yeah, it could, it could be anything from the 100K to the 200 mile at this point. Um, but you look at it in the calendar and it's seven weeks away. So um, I will continue to train. Um, I'll, I'll recover now and then I'll, I'll get back into a, a big block of training, like a four-week block, and then decide what I'm going to do. And then I'll do another 100 miler later in the year. Um, yeah. The um, What about backyard ultras? Do you think you'll do another one? before Dead Cow Gully next year? Well, I was looking at Clint Eastwood. Um, I think that's full again. 
he opened it up. Alan opened it up the other day, but I think I missed it. So I might just see if that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, so really, I love the Dead Cow course. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a trail runner at heart, so I really love the trail. And, and especially what he what Tim did with the gully this year, um, it was it was a beautiful, flowy trail. It looks it looked awesome. It, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so uh, although going to the Clint Eastwood um, in theory would be quicker and easier, I, I don't know about that. I think mm. I like the ups and downs, and I like the the, the uh, changes in cadence and gradient and things like that. Mm. I think it, for me, it's easier. Yeah. Um, so, and again, they get some weird weather at that one. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it seems like they get they do get some some hot days and um but uh, you know you, you take take the cards to dealt with but yeah. i'll have a look at that um i'd like to do another one before deca i would yeah so i'll have to look into it is the um does the masters not um fit into your calendar so i've been talking to tim before like way before this and i was going to do the masters and not do dead cow mm-hmm. and yeah and then um <clears throat> i decided that Actually, no, I want to do Dead Cow and not the Masters. Yeah. So um, mentally, I feel like, oh, I could put myself down for it. I'd, actually, we just got the messages coming through on the group chat to, to yeah. who's in, and I feel like, God, should I do it? Um, but I think I'll regret it if I do it. I think it's too close for me. Um, I, oh, Jesus, it's going to be cold out there at night too. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, there are a couple of options in um, South Australia later this year, and there's um, hysterical carnage in November, I think it is, which is in SA. So, and there's um, no time to die in September, I think. So, there's a couple of other options there if you wanted to. Yeah, I'll have to explore, and it, yeah, it might be interstate for me, mm. for sure. But um, yeah, the Masters is going to be amazing, and if I don't run all over it's the same weekend as bbrt as well so um I, I think i probably want to go and do something there but i would love to just go out and watch it if i'm not running it yeah um but yeah it's going to be 70 runners out there and the night loop is going to be on the road yeah that's right yeah so you know very i think tougher conditions at night in terms of the the weather but um you know potentially that's a nice breakup yeah, yeah. So you you yeah. you would you would like you think that would help you? I think it would, and I and I think more people going longer helps as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you could have four or five guys in the late forties, that would be you know, guys and girls in the late forties. That would be really good. Mm. I was messaging yeah. um I was messaging Tim before, just um asking him about if he saw. Um, Sam Harvey win that Riverside Backyard Ultra. Um, I think it was one one week ago. He did it with bro- two broken ribs. Yeah, I did see that. That, that got put in one of our chats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, that, that's that's amazing. That did make me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just had a swollen ankle. Yeah. Um, um, damn. <laughs> He's coming to the Masters, so it's going to be – he's coming – Harvey Lewis, it's going to be insane, insane. Yeah, you're making me, you're making me want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish just somehow we could just start at 30 loops. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll go through that first 30. Yeah. But no matter what, no matter how many you've done, you're going to have a, a low period through through that first 30, you know. You're never, you're never going to escape that. Mm. So it's never going to get easier. It's just dealing with it better. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've, um, after Dead Cow this year, you've um, it's kind of like got you even more excited to do another one by the sound of things. Yeah, I think once you experience being in that last two, uh, yeah, definitely, it's super inspiring. Yeah, um, and to want to, to to know to want to like want to know where you can get to, how far you can push. Yeah, that's that's the thing here. That's what yeah. we all want to know. So, um, and I just love how much strategy there is around it. And, and the other thing I, I really like about it is how much you can eat. <laughs> you know, if you're running a hundred mile, you can't, you can't really eat yeah. too much or a hundred k. You know, you've just got to be on the gels and on the on the trail brew or whatever you drink. But you can sit down and have a meal here almost. <laughs> and actually, I, I have run um, I run UTMB. I've run the the triple C hundred k in 2018, and that's what I noticed. It, basically, that race is just climb a mountain, descend the mountain, get to a village. And sit down and eat. And these Europeans, like, they'll sit there and eat a bowl of pasta and noodles, and they've got like teas and sausages and you know salamis all all in the um, the aid station. It's basically just you know get up the mountain and down, and then eat, and then get up the mountain and down, and then eat. And um, yeah, it's it's more that in this because you can, you can really have some real food, and you know you don't have to run fast, so you're not you're not getting that stomach. Yeah, you know upset as much as possible but the trouble with these ones going long is you start to um you just get bored of what you've got and you don't want to eat anything anymore we're like i don't i just i'm bored of everything and yeah what else can i have you know and then you, know, you do start to get a bit full so i was finding my mouth was super dry but my stomach was full of i already drunk as much as i could and it was yeah. annoying yeah so um yeah there's uh so much that you've got to get right, but it's, a, it's great fun trying to trying to find the right mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much to it. There's so much fun. Did you like the um, social aspect of it as well? Like always, like compared to a point to point, you're often running on your own, but with the back yeah. culture, you're running with people pretty much the whole time. It's so good. Um, the running community is amazing. Everyone out there, you know, you, you're right. Like in a race, you get – you, you run off and you're basically where you are in that race and the people around you are the same skill level. And that. But then these, you know, you might just be running with, you might do one or, or just come across some people that only want to do five loops or, and you can have a quick chat to them. And then there's guys that are just getting to the 100K. And, you know, you can just see the absolute elation they have. Of There was one guy who had only run 60K before and he got to 120 yeah. It was like it's double my distance PB, and you you have all these stories unfolding in front of you, and it's all around you. And honestly, it's such a, an amazing part of it. And out there, um, the crowd support was immense. I mean, Tim had put a viewing platform down about a k from the finish line, and you only had to walk about a hundred meters from the farmhouse for the supporters to get there. So that viewing platform just became this group of people all night. There were so many people. They were screaming at us as we went past. There was people dressed up. There was two two um, 
two girls that were dressing up in different costumes all night. By the end of the night, they had they were dressed as cows, right. and they were there at four a.m. in the morning. And I'm like, you guys are pulling it all night. <laughs> and it's just amazing atmosphere out there. It was so good, and yeah, just the being around everyone's stories much more. It's it's um. Often I hear, oh, no, I don't want to do the backyard ultras from ultra runners. Oh, yeah. You have to do it. You have to experience it. Yeah. It's next level. And even just the camping environment and the tent, you know, the whole thing is, there's a nice atmosphere to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of a little bit like a, a music festival, but for runners, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Tim's got the music playing. He's got a bar. Yeah. The DNF bar. Um yeah, I saw there's a grandstand as well at the starting. A, yeah, he's got the scaffolding up there. So uh, he's got, and he said he's just keeping that there now till the Masters. So that's going to stay. Yeah, cool. It'll all look the same. So, um, yeah. you know, you've got a beautiful fire going out there. And, um, yeah, as soon as I finished, I was sitting in front of that fire. Yeah. Kind of warm up again. But uh, it's it's a great place. Yeah. Just great being out in the country and, um, yeah. Uh, amazing experience well um thanks for coming on to the podcast james it's been a really absolute pleasure man yeah really good um well done on your run at dead cow gully it was really really impressive and um everyone's excited to see what you do next yeah thank you so much um yeah it's great uh i love what you're doing as well and i love this backyard ultra concept and i think it's just going to keep growing and everyone's just going to keep getting better and better so it's it's going to be a an interesting next couple of years in this space i think yeah yeah it's going to be good well um thanks again james and we'll keep in touch and hopefully we'll uh see see each other at a backyard ultra sometime soon 100 percent. good yeah. stuff all right have a good one thank you see ya see you james if you've enjoyed this podcast it would be awesome if you could share comment like subscribe all of that if you've got any feedback shoot me a message Hope you have a great day. See ya.